Dr. Michael Roizen. Dr. Michael Roizen. You, the Owner's Manual Radio Show. You're listening to You, the Owner's Manual Radio Podcast. We have a special edition today. We're going to concentrate on several different subjects. One is, you've heard of Ozempic or Mongerno. They're the weight loss drugs that have created the commotion among celebrities. Well, they decrease craving, and we're going to talk about they seem to be good for decreasing alcohol and maybe even opioid craving as well as tobacco craving. So maybe these drugs are an answer to our opioid addiction or the crazy pill addiction problem and death we're having. Now, we'll come back to that because a lot of this is those drugs, the fentanyl now, are so addictive that one use addicts 17% of people. So you've got to stop the addiction even before it happens. But maybe in those 17%, this can stop that craving. And we'll talk about its price. We're going to talk about Canada's guidance on alcohol and health. We're also going to talk about the big D update, which is what's new in diabetes. And one more subject is what fruit and vegetables should you be washing that you're probably not? This is You, the Owner's Manual Radio Podcast, and we are brought to you by thegreatagereboot.com and by Life's firstnaturals.com. Life's First Naturals, the makers of True Biotics, as well as bovine colostrum. You'll see the data on their website, randomized controlled trials, and understand why I take both. And why we recommend a probiotic and bovine colostrum that is routinely in the Great Age Reboot book and on the Reboot Your Age app that you can get on the website at greatagereboot.com or you can get in the Apple or Google app stores, Reboot Your Age. Let's first go to what I consider the biggest story and that is the substance use disorders, including food, alcohol, tobacco, opioid, are both massive public health challenges And although there are multimodal strategies to address each, the failure and recidivism rate are more likely than an unbalanced U.S. budget. That is greater than 90%. But now we have a new treatment that's approved for obesity that actually decreases food cravings and in a limited experience of myself, and Jeff Anfonzi in Toronto at the Cleveland Clinic Toronto site seem to affect the others, that is both tobacco, alcohol, and opioids, small number of patients. Well, GLP-1 is a hormone released by the intestines that helps regulate blood sugar. It slows down how quickly the food leaves the stomach 
and it helps make people feel more satiated. GLP is also produced by neurons in the brain that may contribute to lower intake of food and weight loss. Now, these drugs, based on their data in diabetics, got approved, that is semaglutide and terzepide. I can't pronounce it. It's trizepatide, monjaro, and of course semaglutide is ozempic and Wigova. They've been approved for treatment of type 2 diabetes and in the case of semaglutide for obesity. And although there are downsides like significant muscle mass loss, lean muscle mass, in the short-term weight loss studies, 40% of total weight loss has been muscle, so you've got to exercise with it, and the need for continued use and a whole mess of unknowns in long-term treatment, they still have had substantial benefits, so they're approved. But recent research in mice and non-human primates show that GLP-1 therapy results in animals consuming lower amounts of alcohol. It was hypothesized to activate multiple areas of the brain that help control craving or reduce intake by lowering the dopamine that's released when you have alcohol or when you have food or when you have tobacco or if you're addicted to opioids when you have opioids. Conversely, in patients who underwent gastric bypass surgery that reduces GLP-1 levels, they demonstrate higher uses, higher rates of alcohol use disorder. And although it was felt there were multiple factors outside of GLP-1 contributing to that, it is still interesting that this may be a common pathway. So lowering intake of other drugs of abuse, such as cocaine, have also been seen in research studies involving GLP-1 agonists. So other medications approved for weight loss and demonstrate benefit on substance use, for example, bupropion and naltrexone, a two-drug combination, well, bupropion is approved for tobacco use disorder and naltrexone for alcohol use disorder. Phenteramine also has had some benefits in other things. Perhaps GLP has major effects on the broader issue around cravings, be it alcohol, tobacco, drugs, or food, especially the ultra-processed foods. Non-pharmacologic approaches such as CBT and dialectic behavior therapy have similar benefits, but with much less continued success in our experience than do GLP-1s. So there's still a lot we don't know about the GLP-1s, but it seems that the alcohol levels are lower in the studies. Why am I bringing this up? Well, it's our healthcare systems face unprecedented cost challenges and constraints and innovative approaches to treating multiple medical conditions, especially ones that affect substance use disorder and obesity are needed. On the other hand, GLP agonists are very expensive and there has recently been supply chain factors reducing access. 
Both factors impact equity issues, which is important here, since there are strong social determinants of health predisposing to both obesity and substance use. So although intriguing, it's unlikely that GLP-1s will be the magic bullet unless Nova Nordisk and Eli Lilly get stronger social consciousness. Yes, I believe that if they charge $30 a month, they'd sell enough of these GLP-1s that are like hypertensives needed for the rest of life to see their profits bloom and medical costs in each country to be reduced. What could be better for a pharmaceutical company to be a boom for themselves and a boom for society? Imagine what eliminating alcohol, opioid, tobacco abuse, and obesity and type 2 diabetes would do to medical costs. Come on, Eli and Nova, help society and the budgets of the developed world out. So that's my, if you will, well beyond wellness segment of the day on You, the Owner's Manual. Speaking of that, I'm going to go quickly to Canada's guidance on obesity. And I'd like to comment in July of 22, Chrissy Teigen took to social media to reveal she'd marked one year of social sobriety. Daniel Radcliffe of Harry Potter fame saying, even though it felt weird to give up alcohol at such a young age, he was very happy he did so. Their choices turned out to be one we might consider acute according to new alcohol guidelines issued by the Canadian Center on Substance Use and Addiction. They state that no amount is healthy based on recent research. And in fact, they base it on the fact that in the last year, that between 2015 and 2019, excessive alcohol use resulted in about 140,000 deaths annually in the U.S. 40% were from acute cause. And by the way, that's greater than that for opioid addiction, if you will. So the two together are 250,000 or about 10% of all deaths. But the majority were from chronic conditions caused by alcohol, such as liver disease, cancer, and other conditions caused by alcohol. And other studies show alcohol does damage DNA and keeps your body from repairing the damage, harming cells that line your blood vessels and allowing cells to become cancerous. The Canadian report establishes degree of risk. Low risk comes from with two or fewer drinks per week, moderate from three to six, and the risk becomes increasingly high with seven or more standard risks per week. Current U.S. guidelines are one drink a day for women and two for men, far more than the Canadian system says appear healthy. So what I believe should be done is, in fact, there is a benefit to alcohol. The lowest risk is when you drink the alcohol with food consumed three to four times a week, one to two drinks of wine, that's four to eight ounces of wine, three to four times a week when drunk with food, is when you have the lowest risk of all-cause mortality 
with alcohol. That is, it's lower than with no alcohol. So our recommendations in the Great Age Reboot, if there's a history of alcohol or drug abuse in the family or risk of alcohol or drug abuse based on genetic testing, don't consider as alcohol as a way to make your reboot age younger. Avoid consuming more than two drinks, women or those with flesh reaction to alcohol, or three drinks any day for men. If you have a low risk of cardiovascular disease in yourself and your family, and a high risk of immune derangement diseases like cancer, do not consider alcohol as a health benefit. Alcohol has dose-dependent effects for promoting multiple cancers. But if you have a high risk of cardiovascular disease in you or your family, and a low risk of a room derangement diseases like cancer, and are already consuming alcohol on occasion, consider making one moderate consumption of one half to one drink for women and one to two drinks for men, three or four times a week habit. Alcohol is sometimes an appetite stimulant and therefore may promote weight gain. So that is the data and that's my feeling about the Canadian study. Now, one more point, key for alcohol is not drinking alone. Drinking, if you will, should be a group, meaning it's a social event. And so it's my hope you'll do it only in social gatherings. And it does help reduce stress relief that socialization facilitates. The big D update, this is amazing. When you get your vitamin D level in these randomized studies between 50 and 80 nanograms per ml, that is a higher level, means you'll take three to 5,000 or three to 4,000 international units a day. You wanna measure it, but if you get it there, it decreases the progression from prediabetes to diabetes by 76% compared to those with a level of 20 to 30 nanograms per ml. So get vitamin D, you have to get it as a supplement, three to 4,000 units, but get your level measured, get it to between 50 and 80 nanograms per ml, do 10,000 step or step equivalents, four cups of coffee a day, and avoid phthalates. That is, phthalates are in plastics and often in perfumes and cosmetics. And if you avoid those, you're probably likely to decrease your risk of progression from prediabetes to diabetes by well over 80%. One more, and that's my longevity is the next disruptor story of the week. And Roizen rule of is a younger you. My real new story is what's on some of the fruit that we eat. The smart move is to scrub all uncut firm produce, including avocados, citrus, cucumbers. Turns out, it's this rind or skin on fruits such as melons, avocados, oranges, and other citrus. We don't eat it, but they can carry a lot of bacteria that when you cut into them is carried into the edible fruit and thus contaminates it. 
In fact, 18% of avocados recently tested had listeria, which can cause death from foodborne disease. So wash all the fruit you have. And that is the Odd Omegas segment of the week. That's it for this edition of You, the Owner's Manual. Thank you very much for listening. In the meantime, I got to remind you, we are sponsored by Life's First Naturals. Go to their website, True Biotics, a great probiotic combination, and Bovine Colostrum are theirs, and the greatageReboot.com. Thanks again for listening.